God, do not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When Adam ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he sinned against God. And when sin entered, death entered, spiritual death, he immediately died in his heart, in his spirit. Where there once had been spiritual life, there was now spiritual death. And spiritual death is not a cessation of life. Spiritual death is a separation, a separation from the life of God. So he once had been connected to the life of God, the vine, the source, his source was God. Now he's disconnected from that life force and what he is connected to is death. And death is operating in him and that death has a characteristic that begins to play out in humanity after the fall, and it's pride. Now, who, who do we know is the originator or the author of pride? Satan. Satan is a characteristic. His main characteristic is, is uh, pride and lying and murder. He's a, he's a liar. He's a murderer. It's his, but it was his pride that caused him to fall, and it's the pride that becomes a characteristic in the, the people after the fall of Adam. So they got connected to that pride flow when they disconnected from the life of God. When Jesus redeems us, he redeems us through humility. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus used the flow of humility to redeem us. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amplified, if I could please. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. So we, we, have to, we have to yield to this. It says, let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Ooh, I like that. Let him be your example in humility. And then what's he going to give us as the greatest example of humility that Jesus exampled for us? What's the next thing that he begins to talk about? He, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he didn't say, I'm too much God to become a man. That's beneath me to become a man. He didn't snarl his nose. He didn't look down his, his, his nose and say, that is below my pay grade to become a man. A man? Ooh. No, no, the book of Hebrews says it behooved him to be made like yeah. unto his brethren. Yeah. He welcomed it. He embraced it. He said, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. But what did he have to do? The second person of the Godhead, the one who by him all things are created yeah. and without him there is nothing that is created that, that was created without him. No, no. This is the one who was the instrument God used to create all things that exist. He is the second person of the Godhead, has been with God always. He is with God. He is equal with God. And he said, I 
will go be a man. I will be a man. He did not think it was beneath him. He did not have a prideful attitude about being our redeemer. It says he made himself of no reputation. I mean, this is, this is the son of God, the word of God made flesh, the word of God, the word of God who created everything, who the angels have sang his praises, who the angels on the day that he entered into the earth filled the skies to sing glory, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And he said, I will make myself of no reputation. This is the humility, the example of humility. Redemption is rooted in humility. Jesus, there's no pride in him. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. This is our example. Let him be the example for us in humility. Making ourselves of no reputation, he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. If that wasn't enough, if that wasn't humbling enough, if that wasn't lowering himself enough, bringing himself down low, is that what the definition was? Lowliness? To bow or go low? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. The life giver had to become obedient unto death. He had to obey the will. Remember the words he spoke, Hebrews chapter, uh, uh, Hebrews, I want to say it's chapter 7, says, he said as he entered into the world, sacrifice and offering you would is not, but a body you have prepared for me. I think it's chapter 10. Hebrews 10. He said that those words, a body you have prepared for me. What is the body for? To sacrifice. So he was obedient even to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. So his humility is the foundation of our redemption. How can we, how can we Follow this example? How can we set ourselves in line with this humility? How can we set this humility up as something for us to desire, for us to reach for as an objective in our life by looking at how Jesus, without his humility, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have the relationship we have with God. We wouldn't have the victory that overcomes the world. But because he humbled himself, because he became obedient unto death through what? Humility. This is why God has also highly exalted him. God's response to humility is to exalt. When God exalts, see, pride tries to self-exalt. Pride tries to get myself up that ladder. But humility will position you so that God can exalt you. And when God exalts you, nobody's going to kick you down off that ladder. (laughs) Nobody's going to remove you from that place. It's him exalting you because you have developed this humility. Praise God. So on earth, Jesus humbled himself. 
he humbled himself to become a man. He humbled himself to die on the cross. And his humility gives his death its value. When Jesus ascended and was placed at the right hand of the Father, this is God's response to the humility of Jesus. Hallelujah. So in our salvation, when we are born again, Jesus gives us access to that same humility. We have access. We don't have to, we don't have to go find some humility outside of him. We have his. We have his humility. We have to yield to it. We have to cultivate it. And that's what the Lord's telling us. Develop this humility. So I want to look at the humility in the life of Jesus in the time that we have today. Humility in the life of Jesus. Let's just take from his own words, from his own teachings, uh, how he exampled this humility even before he became obedient unto death. Let's begin in Luke 22. Luke 22. And I will go ahead and, and encourage you to utilize these verses, put these scriptures in your heart and in your mouth, and it will help you in our developing of the humility of Jesus to let his words be seeds of humility in your heart, the ground of your heart. Luke 22, verse 27. We're going to move through these. He says, whether is greater he that sits at meat or he that serves. Is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serves. We're looking at humility in the life of Jesus. Jesus said, I am among you as he that serves. He was making a comparison to what society gave as an example of great versus what the kingdom of God gives as an example of great. We need that renewing of the mind because we want the kingdom of God version. We want, we want God's version of what is great. And he said, I am among you as he that serves. So say this out of your own mouth. I am among you. As he that serves. If Jesus could say it, I can say it. All right, Luke 18. Luke 18. We'll look at verse 14. He's talking about the Pharisee who prayed and the publican who prayed. And he says, I tell you, talking about the publican who humbled himself in prayer. He said, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. What did the Pharisee do? The Pharisee lifted himself up in prayer. He said, Lord, he, he, he lifted himself up and put everybody else down. I'm not like him. <laughs> I am not. I thank you, Lord, that I am not like him. What's he doing? Lifting himself up. He wasn't justified. The other man said, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. I, I, I am not all that. I need you to help me be whatever I need to be, right? Amen. And so he said, that man went away justified. And now look at Jesus. We're looking for humility in the life of Jesus. Everyone that exalts himself shall be abased. Is that in red? Red words win, right? It's scripture. Jesus said, everyone who exalts himself shall be abased. So I'm putting that on my, I'm putting that in my notes. I want to, whoa, whoa. I don't want to be abased. 
I don't want to be abased. Abased is not a good thing. <laughs> so how do I avoid being abased? I don't exalt myself. Because Jesus teaches, teaches us right here, everyone. Does he say everyone? Is that in your Bible? Just some of those people. Just the bad people who exalt themselves. No. Everyone. Everyone that exalts himself shall be abased. What does that mean? Abased. Brought low. He that it humbles himself shall be exalted. Can we, can we just look at the amplified just because I like the amplified. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified, forgiven, and made upright and in right standing with God rather than the other man. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. What a, that makes it even look like the, the contrast so clear. The, the one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum. Right. If you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. If you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. So Jesus is teaching us this truth because he's walking in it. John 5. Let's look at John 5 and verse 19. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to develop humility. John 5 and verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself. Is that, is that right? I've, it, did my Bible misprint? What does your Bible say? Read it out loud. Does it say the Son can do nothing? The Son can do nothing of himself. What? Oh, no. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus. Nothing? Entire dependence on God, right? That's what we're looking and we're seeing. The word humility is describing an entire dependence. Jesus, the word of God made flesh. Jesus, the second person of the Godhead. Jesus, per, Jesus Christ, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, the same was in the beginning with God. Jesus said, I, the Son, can do nothing of himself. If Jesus was that dependent upon the Father, how much more should we be that dependent upon him? The son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For what things soever he does, there these also does the son likewise. So dependent that I'm not going to act. I'm not going to do one thing that I haven't seen my father do. That I haven't seen my father show me. I'm dependent upon God with every action. John 5, same chapter, verse 30. John 5, 30. I can of my own self do nothing. Why don't you try that? Let's do it together. I can of my own self do nothing. That's humility. That's how humility talks. That's how humility thinks. 
Outside of God, I can of my own self do nothing. Hallelujah. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will. Try that part. I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Why? I'm entirely dependent upon him. I can't go after my own will and miss his and be humble. For me to follow my own will would require pride. Do you see that? I can of my own self do nothing. John 6, 38. Just so you don't think it's just a couple of random scriptures in there. Hear the words of Jesus and let them be seeds of humility planted in your heart today. John 6, 38. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. John 7 and verse 16. John 7, 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. My doctrine, my teaching is not mine, but it's his. So everything he was teaching, it was the Father's. He's following his will. He's teaching what the Father sent him to teach. John 8, 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Pull that one out and put it in your daily confession. I do always those things that please him. Why? I'm entirely dependent upon him. I'm here for him. He saved me. He purchased me. He set me free. He took me out of drugs. He set me free from a life of shame and, and crime. He's the one who did that. I'm here for him. Amen. What he wants, that's what I want to do. What he's designed for me, that's what I want. I don't want to spend my life going after things only to find out none of them were what God had for me. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you how to stay safe. I, this, it's safety in the will of God. <laughs> it, that's the safest place to, for your life to be. That's the most uh, well-provided-for place for your life is right in the middle of the will of God. And then finally, John 8, 42. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. I didn't come on my own plan, on my own idea. He sent me. So he submitted to God. He's, he is entirely dependent upon God. Chapter 8, still the same chapter, verse 50. I seek not my own glory. Humility. I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. I seek not my own glory. 
chapter 14 of John, 14.10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Jesus never took credit for one sermon that he preached. Like, wasn't that the greatest sermon you ever heard me preach? Right? No, who, who gave him those sermons? God gave him those sermons. He never took credit for one miracle that he did. Woo, did you see how I fed those 5,000? Get down with your bad self, Jesus. Come on. Wasn't that great? Did you see me? I multiplied. No. Did you see how I walked on the water? No. He said, the works are not mine. Not one miracle did he take credit for. Not one sermon did he take credit for. Not one healing did he take credit for. Who got the credit for all of those, those sermons, miracles, healings, all of it? It was God. God did that. I understand where the power is coming from. Is he dependent upon God? It's God's power in me. It's not mine. Can the water hose take credit for the water? The water hose is, is just a, a method to deliver that water from the origin to the place that needs to be watered. But the water hose can't say, look what a great water hose I am. I have watered this whole yard. Without the water inside the hose, it's nothing. And without the God inside of us, we're nothing. It's Him. It's Him. Hallelujah. So Jesus, these are words that Jesus continually uh, uh, spoke out of His mouth. Let's look at one more, John 14, 24. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Again, he's giving God all of the credit or the glory for the words that he has spoken. The teachings aren't mine. The words aren't mine. The miracles aren't mine. All of it is the Father's. All of it comes and proceeds from him. Without him, I can do nothing. The Son can do nothing by himself. Is that what Jesus said? then we should also have that same mentality. We should have that same connection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I've got one more direction, and I'm going to skip over to, because uh, I've already got a few teachings ready for us, but I'm going to skip right over here and, and visit... Something that I had planned to bring out a, a little bit later. The son can of him own self do nothing. Now listen, this is coming from the woman who wrote the book under the unction of the Holy Spirit, redeemed and righteous by nature, which emphasizes our being in Christ. That's necessary. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. But we, at the same, to, to have the dependence, to have that entire dependence upon him, I need to recognize that it's all in Christ. 
It's not in me. Because a lot of times I've, I've seen the tendency is to say, in, it, I can do all things and put the emphasis on I can do all things and not the emphasis on the rest of that verse. Through Christ, that's what Jesus was emphasizing. I can of my own self do nothing. The Son can do nothing of Himself. It's the Father. It's my connection to Him. In Christ is the connection. In Christ is that connection. So when you hear me go through these next few things... We've, we've spent months talking about in Christ realities, who I am in Christ, uh, renewing our mind. But now I'm going to give you some in you realities. In you realities, okay? Because that's what Jesus was exampling for us. He was saying, of my own self, I can do nothing. So let's look at some things that we can do in our own selves. Number one, in yourself, you are nothing. Galatians 6 verse 3, amplified. Galatians 6 verse 3, in yourself, you are nothing. And, and before we move forward, the word nothing in the Greek language means no, not one thing. No, not one thing. Galatians 6, 3 says, if any person, I'm amplified, if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important to condescend to shoulders another load when he is nobody of superiority except in his own estimation, he deceives and deludes and cheats himself. So pride is thinking something about yourself that's not true. Humility is based in truth. I am fully aware that it is my connection to the vine that gives me what I have. But pride, pride is a deception. Pride is a, a, a wrong thought, accepting and, and allowing that wrong thought to think. The Bible doesn't say not to think highly of yourself. It says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. There's a difference. You don't need to say, I am created in the image of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see the balance? So, but without him, I need to have it in perspective so that I realize it's all him. Through me and because of him in me, I can. And because of him in me, I will. But in myself, I am nothing. Number two, in yourself, you know nothing. In yourself, you know nothing. 1 Corinthians 8, 2, amplified again. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. If anyone imagines that he has come to know and understand much of divine things without love, he does not yet perceive and recognize and understand as strongly and clearly, nor has he become as intimately acquainted with anything as he ought or as is necessary. Which is why Brother Hagin said, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. 
So without him, what do you know that you weren't taught? That you didn't learn either by teaching or by experience or everything you know, you've learned it. It's been brought to you. It's been shown to you. It's been exampled to you. It's been, been laid out before you, right? So number two, in yourself, you know nothing. Number three, in yourself, you have nothing. I know this just goes somewhat against. We think, wait, wait, I like my in Christ realities. I like my in Christ realities. They are more effective when you are rooted in your in you realities because you won't let go of in him if you know what, you, what little you have in you. <laughs> you. You'll be like, I'm not letting go of him because without him, have mercy. In yourself, you have nothing. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, amplified. He, for who separates you from the others as a faction leader, who makes you superior and sets you apart from another, giving you the preeminence? Does it sound like pride was a problem? Mm-hmm. What have you that was not given to you? What do you have? How about your brain? Oh, he, he gave us our brain, didn't he? Our whole body, right? The, my, my heart, my organs, my, the blood in my body. How about, how about your, the air you're breathing? Oh. Whose is that? Who, who owns the air? How about the planet you're standing on? <laughs> what do you have? In reality, this, I mean, it's a, it's a shift in the thinking. What do you really have that was not given to you? What have you that was not given to you? If then you received it from someone, why do you boast as if you had not received it but had gained it by your own efforts? In you realities. Number four. Number four. In yourself, you can do nothing. We saw Jesus say that about himself, right? But he says it about us in John 15 and verse 5. And I'll continue with the Amplified just because I've been there so long. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do... Is that truth? That's an in you reality. In yourself, you are nothing. In in ourselves, we know nothing. In ourselves, we have nothing. In ourselves, we can do nothing. No, not one thing. (laughs) So we want to stay with our in Christ realities, but have these aren't ones that you want to quote every day. Don't put this one in your daily confession list. But but be be aware that it is in Christ that I have what I have. It's through my union with him that I have what I have. That keeps me humble. That keeps me submitted. The humility is submission. That that humility is, is recognizing where I am in position to where he is. He is God. I'm not. 
I am created in his image because he loves me. I am his child. He loves me. But without him, I can do nothing. So that humility is what we're working to develop. And it begins with a recognition of who he is and who we are submitted to him. Amen? Amen. I think that was a good foundation for us to lay. Now, we'll continue along these lines because as your pastor, I intend to help us develop in these, these attributes that will help us in this walk of faith. Because it's, it's required. We want the grace of God. He gives grace to who? I want to qualify for that. I want to I be developed in that. Because if you, uh, the more humble you are, the more grace. The more help. The more resources. The more strengths. The more rescues. The more grace that comes to those who are more humble. And I don't want there to be areas in my life that are resisting God. Pride, it says, he resists the proud. I don't want God to resist me ever. I, want, I don't want him to have to say, Michelle, that is the wrong attitude, and I'm going to have to stand back until you fix that. I want to say, Lord, have mercy on me. Amen? So praise God. We'll continue as we go along. Y'all believe you've been helped. That was sheep food right there. That, that food to grow by.